Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Good morning, everyone. How are you this morning? The Lord has blessed us with a beautiful week, hasn't he? About a year ago, whenever the, the shutdown first happened, the weather was kind of like this, and it took me back to 12 months ago, back when, well, it seemed like the whole world was falling apart, and yet here we are a year later, because the Lord is faithful to us. He always blesses us if we stay close to him. In the first reading this morning, we're going to hear the longer version. Sorry, there's an option for a shorter one. We hear the longer version because uh, it is the book of uh, Exodus, chapter 20, where God bestows the Ten Commandments to us. And since we've been preaching about and hearing about the Ten Commandments the last few weeks, it's good for us to hear the full thing from the Word of God itself. As we begin our gathering this morning, as we offer this Mass for uh, our intentions and for grace, we ask the Lord, first of all, to forgive us. May we receive Him more fully. The fourth commandment is honor your father and your mother. Where does it come from? And how do we follow it as, par- as children and as parents? If you look at the list of the Ten Commandments, especially in the hymnal for this year that you uh, got a few weeks ago or months ago, if you actually look at the list of the commandments in Exodus chapter 20, you notice that the commandments are not all the same length. The first commandment is like this long on your page. That's a, that's a scientific measurement for you folks. It's long. The next one is likewise long. The third commandment, which is, what is the third commandment? Keep holy the Sabbath day. The third commandment is also long, several sentences. And then we get to today's commandment, which is below those, and it is just a single sentence. Honor your father and your mother that you may prosper and do well in the land that you're living, living in. That's it. Real simple. If you follow that even to look at more of them, the rest of the commandments, except for the very last one, the rest of the commandments are just a quick sentence. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not bear false witness. It's boom, 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 boom. If we take a look at that then, we understand that perhaps there's something that the Lord is trying to tell us even by the length and the layout of the Ten Commandments themselves. So, the first three commandments... I am the Lord your God, don't have other gods besides me. The second commandment is, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the third commandment is, keep holy the Sabbath day. Those three commandments deal with whom? God. All three of those deal with God himself. After that, we move into the next seven. And those seven commandments deal with everyone else. The first three are for God, the next seven are for everybody else. And the The bridge between the first three and the last six is today's commandment. The fourth one, honor your father and your mother. The reason that this one sits here kind of sandwiched between the God and the neighbor commandments or the heavenly and the earthly commandments is because this commandment finds its source of power or authority in God's authority, yet it affects the things that are on the earth in practice. So for example, most of us know that we're supposed to honor God. We get that, right? Give him the day, give him his name, etc., etc. But most of us don't understand that when we honor authority figures, we're likewise honoring God. The Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about this commandment around the 
paragraph number 2200. It's a little bit before and then several after. Right there, it talks about what the fourth commandment is supposed to mean for us. It lists specifically that children should honor their parents. So that's what it says, you know, kind of on the face of it. But likewise, it lists other people that deserve our respect or our honor or our obedience. And it says specifically teachers, if you're a student. It says leaders, generally. Employers, if you have a job. It says political leaders. And it says your country. Those are the five that list specifically to give honor to besides just your biological mom and dad or your adopted mom and dad. It says make sure you honor those. Now, why would the catechism include those things with the fourth commandment of honoring mom and dad? Answer? Because if we get those other ones wrong, we'll start to likewise get the thing with God wrong. I mean, think about it. We know what it's like whenever we stop going to Mass on Sunday. If we miss it one week, if we don't give God that day, it's much harder to, like, pray every day after that, right? Or if we have a devotion, like, let's say, you know, uh, for Lent, you gave up chocolate. If you eat chocolate on Sunday, which is permitted, by the way. Sorry if I just ruined anything for your kids. It's technically, it's permitted. If you, give your, if you let yourself give in to it on Sunday, it's much harder to try to get going again on Monday. Because you just, you know, I'll just, who cares this week? I'll, I'll start again next week, right? When we let ourselves slide a little bit, it becomes a slippery slope and we fall down. Likewise, God understands what he gives us the commandments, is that if we stop honoring our father and mother or our coaches, our teachers, or our bosses, we might likewise stop honoring God's own authority from which all authority is derived. That's why we have other things included in the fourth commandment besides just mother and father. Now, before I move on to parents and children specifically, one more thing. In that commandment, it says specifically that we must obey those in lawful authority over us, those the people that we choose and people that we don't. It says we must obey them because God allowed them to get in, in, in power. But it says that we must resist them if they're asking us to do something that is morally wrong. Okay? This is where all of the martyrs, most of the martyrs, come into play. The Japanese martyrs, the Jesuit priests that went over there on mission and lay people that went over on mission, they went over to Japan. They were resisting the government because the government said, you must permit our other religions to kind of come into the Catholic faith or you at least must practice them because the Jesuit missionaries would not step upon and like, you know, kind of smash an image of Jesus or Mary or the saints because they wouldn't do it. They took the missionaries out and crucified them. The state did because they were going against the state. You cannot give in to evil, right? But likewise, we also understand that if we're going to say we dissent or we hold fast to our truth and we're going to oppose something that's been imposed upon us, we must likewise be ready to carry the cross. Now, I look back, you know, on, was it January where the people like, rushed into the Capitol building in D.C., right? Was it January? They rushed into the Capitol building in D.C. and they kind of made a mess and, you know, whatever. Fine, right? They, they felt like there was something morally wrong and they were going to go charge in and try to stop it. But they and everyone has to be willing to take up the cross of the consequences afterward. In other words, if I feel like something is actually wrong, I must be willing to put my name on it. I have to say, I'm willing to accept the consequences of my action, to stand up for what I think is true. Like That's how morally convicted we need to be. And therefore, that's how we honor authority, because we're honoring God's authority over those in charge of us at times if there's something that's morally wrong. Okay, so we get it, right? All authority derives from God's authority, which is where we come in with our, our kind of practical actions then as children and as parents. So let's do children first. Kids, 
the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment and the Catechism, it says that you must, it says respect and obey your parents. Those two words, respect and obey. One of those lasts your entire life, and one of those lasts only until you're 18 and you move out of the house. Guess which one lasts your entire life? Kids only, guess. Any guesses? Yeah. Respect, you got it, yep. The Catechism says that you must respect and obey your parents. Respect lasts the entirety of one's life as a child. Obedience lasts only while you're under the particular patronage of your parents. Why? Well, let's go to the obedience first. The life of obedience means you do exactly what is asked of you, no matter what. A monk pledges obedience to his superior. A religious sister or a consecrated sister pledges obedience to her superior. So if that abbot, right, at St. Mindred, tells a monk, my friend, Brother Joel, who's uh, not really inclined to do athletics very well, I'll put it, put it that way, he, he must say, the abbot come up to him and say, you have to go play basketball, Brother Joel. And guess what Brother Joel has to do? Play basketball. He has to play basketball. If Bishop Siegel walked in right now and told me I have to go play basketball, what could I say? No thanks. (laughs) Because I make a promise as a priest to obey in matters of ministry. A monk or a nun makes a promise to obey in all matters of life altogether. Likewise, children make the promise by being born to obey their parents in all aspects of life. So if your mom or dad says, no video games until your homework is done, guess what has to come first? Yeah, that should be easy. Homework, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this. Mom and dad are waiting to hear your answers. Or if they say to go take out the trash right now, can you take the trash out later? When do you do it? Right now, right? We obey our parents. Likewise, we respect our parents. And that goes all of life long. It's actually kind of beautiful. The catechism says that uh, even as we're, as, as grown children like me and many of us, as grown children, it says that we should, we should prepare, we should, uh, Provide for the assistance of our parents, both materially and emotionally, it says. In material and in emotion. So materially, like if your mom or dad needs help, you know, fixing something, go fix it, right? Or if they need help buying something, provide for them. They provided a whole lot for you, probably more than you're going to give back. And secondly, emotionally, go, go visit them. Call them. Ask them how they're doing. You know, this morning at, at the 730 Mass, I almost didn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway now. I wish nursing homes didn't exist. You know, many years ago, when, when mom or dad got older, or couldn't move or whatever, you, you just, you moved them into your house. <laughs> you got rid of the TV room or the man cave. Uh, siblings had to start sharing bedrooms again. Oh my, you know, God forbid, right? So that mom or dad could be with their own family instead of being in some hospital that looks nicer than a hospital. You know, I can't tell you how many times I go to a nursing home and they say, it's so good to see you. And I said, well, when's the last time you saw one of your kids? And they say, it's been too long. And for them, that could be a week. That could be six months. But, but regardless, when you're at that age, uh, every second is precious. And the thing that's the most precious in all of those seconds is life with their children. Now, I also tell couples when I do marriage prep, I never ask them how many kids they want to have. You know, they always want to talk about that. Like, oh, we're going to have three kids, Father. Okay, great. You know, I don't care how many kids you're going to have. How many kids is God going to let you have, right? Because some couples, unfortunately, can't have any kids. And some couples, they prefer to have one kid and they have ten. Good, you know? Because I, and I want to, what I want to do is take them to a nursing home and let them meet some of the people there 
Because the people who said, you know, I'm just going to have two kids and I'm going to stop so we can have good vacations and multiple vehicles and a bigger house, et cetera, et cetera. You know, people who say they want to stop having kids, I'm going to take that couple to a nursing home and say, meet all these people who are stuck here because they said they were going to stop at two. And one of them moved to California and one had no grandkids. You know, I'm not trying to be too harsh here. But I think people need to realize the beauty of life is found in the family. Like, there's nothing better than that. And as children, our job is to obey our parents until we're old enough to move out, but to respect them our whole life long in all ways. As parents now, the last piece. The Catechism says the parents have the right and duty to teach children how to grow up. It specifically lists faith formation and education and material sustenance, right? It says those three things in particular. It also lists, as it talks about those three things, self-denial and self-mastery. You need to teach your children to deny themselves and to be masters over their passions. That's something that we do not talk about often in the church. As mom and dad, it's your job to make your kids disciplined. That means no dessert before dinner, right? It means uh, get your homework done and get decent grades, or at least try. It means if you don't like a sport but you signed up for it, finish the season, and then you can quit, right? Make your kid work, you know? I grew up on a farm. My mom, it was her job to, like, hide us from our dad when he came in to make us work. And it was dad's job to come in and find us to make us get outside and work. Because we need both, right? Kids need to be kids. They also need to learn how to, 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 to grow up, to mature. And it's parents' job to do that. One final piece on parenting. The Catechism specifically says that parents, it's your job, and it says actually it's your right and your duty to educate your children in the faith. And then it has several paragraphs about how children should be free to choose the school that their kids want to, that they want their kids to attend so they can be best prepared for faith and for life. And that means, like for what's going on right now in Indiana, that it permits us to use our tax dollars to support parochial education so that our kids can use our money to go to school at a place that we think is going to teach them best. That's the reason we have the, uh, the voucher system. But likewise, it's not enough, parents. It's not enough to say, well, my kid goes to a Catholic school, and therefore, they don't have to go to Mass on the weekend. God said, keep holy the what day? Sabbath. Wednesday and Friday, not the Sabbath day. And if you train your kids, the only time that you go to confession or Mass or a prayer service is at school, you're telling your kids that it doesn't matter outside of that building. That's what you're doing. I can't tell you how many kids, I can't tell you because I'm not allowed to, it's confession, but I can't tell you how many kids come to me in confession and say, uh, for not going to Mass, Father, in the last six months or three weeks or whatever. And, and I ask, well, why don't you go? You know, do your mom and dad not make you? And they said, no, they just, they don't go, and so I don't get to go either. Your parents want to, parents, your kids want to go. They want you to take them. And if your grandma or grandpa, go to their house and grab them and take them anyway, then take them out to breakfast. They'll start liking you even more than mom and dad, which usually they do, you know. Actually, the catechism says that uh, it points to one of the Psalms, which says that grandchildren are the crown jewel of old age. Grandchildren are the crown jewel. Isn't that right, grandparents? Oh, yeah. Spoil the heck out of them, all right? Do that. It says, so the catechism says that parents, it's your job to teach the children, teach your children the faith. Yes, I hope that our school, our religious ed, our faith formation, whatever else we do, I hope that we support you in that. But it says it must be your job. Yes, you can help us, we can help you do it. But it's not like soccer practice where you send your kid off and say, they take care of the sport thing. 
or gymnastics where they take care of the aerobics thing. You don't send your kid off here and say that we'll take care of the faith thing. That's your job. We just try to support you in it. I could go on and on about that, but I'll stop for today. If you want to know more, just call me up sometime. You'll hear all the bees in my bonnet. I'll let them all out, all right? Today we hear the fourth commandment. We hear all the Ten Commandments. In particular, the fourth commandment, to honor your parents. You honor your parents because we need to honor God. If we get the, the parent part right, we'll get the God part right too. If there's one thing you took from today as a parent or as a child, I hope you implement it. Because the only way that we fulfill these commandments more perfectly is if we work at it. And that's up to you.